We're going to go from AI and all the excitement of tech to copper wires and energy pipelines. A shift toward international equities is seemingly underway, but what is the catalyst for this movement? In today's episode, Portfolio Managers Chris Heeks, Om Karmalker, and your host Mackenzie Box analyze valuations and look for opportunities abroad. They also discuss U.S. and Canadian banks, mega-cap tech stocks, and infrastructure. Before we hear from the team, please consider subscribing to Views from the Desk on your preferred podcast platform. And for many more ETF insights and resources, visit BMOETFs.com. Hello, and welcome back to our BMO ETFs Weekly Insights podcast with our team of experts. Thank you to everyone for continuing to tune in and to provide comments and questions each and every week. I'm today's host, Mackenzie Box, in product at BMO Global Asset Management. Today, I'm joined by Chris Heeks and Om Karmalkar, who are both portfolio managers on our ETF desk. So a special thank you to both Chris and Om for joining me today. Thanks, Mackenzie. Good to be here. All right, well, let's dive into it. Asset allocators have been moving equities to international exposures lately. Chris Heeks, maybe you can just give us an update on what's driving that allocation. Yeah, for sure. So I think it's really seeing that there's a, a compelling return source. One of the things about ETFs that's always you know, been compelling for many investors is diversification within ETFs. But obviously, as you expend the concept of, of diversification elsewhere, the world is bigger than North America, obviously. And while, you know, in some of the past years pre-COVID, U.S. was certainly the story, this year we're actually seeing pretty good returns around the globe. So, for example, the S&P 500 is up 16% this year, which is obviously very strong. And we know tech is playing a strong role in that with the NASDAQ up quite a bit. But if you look at MSCI EFI, it's up 12%. MSCI Europe is up 13 almost 14%. If you look at Japan, in local terms, it's up uh, 24%. I think as an investor, you know, they say the, the famous quote, the only free lunch is diversification. We are seeing some attractive diversification, but also on the return side in international markets. And the other thing that I think is really attracting investors to the region is valuation. So we know that you know, Canadian markets and international markets are trading at, honestly, quite more reasonable valuations quite a bit lower than the U.S. Now, does the U.S. deserve a higher valuation? Yes, probably, because some of the best countries in the world, uh, Apple, Microsoft, Google, et cetera, we know they're in the U.S., so they do deserve a higher valuation. But still, there's some great companies out in the world, and, and they're trading at uh, you know good valuations compared to the U.S., quite, quite attractive ones. So, you know, I think when you're looking at international investing, you know, the one thing that, that does come to mind is, obviously, we're always, you know, the more unknown, the more kind of investor hesitancy there can be. If you look at Europe right now, obviously, uh, you know, the Ukraine conflict comes straight to mind. You know, it's both a positive and a negative catalyst, and it's one that's very difficult to predict. But obviously, a, a cessation of conflict in the region would be quite a big positive. Obviously, an escalation in conflict would be a negative. So in that sense, you know, what, what I would suggest uh, as a possible way to look at the region in Europe is taking a differentiated approach versus the broad benchmark. Looking at an approach that reduces risk, uh, potentially increases income. So the two that I'm considering there are ZWE which is the BMO Europe High Dividend Cover Call Hedge to CAD ETF. 
you know, invests in blue chip, large cap dividend based companies, also employs a covered call overlay. Um, so investing in, you know, higher quality companies with higher amounts of income, again, to address some of the risks in that region, you know, it helps to be in those higher quality companies. And as well, speaking on quality, we have our ZEQ, which is our BMO MSCI high quality hedge to CAD index ETF. And ZEQ again looks for high quality companies, not as income focused as the ZWE, but again, looks for companies that have higher profitability, more consistency of earnings, so less variability in the earnings and low levels of debt. In a market with some uncertainty, you know, taking an approach such as a blue chip dividend or a quality bias may be beneficial with those two. And just one final thought on terms of playing the region is just to come circle back to Japan and just highlight, well, you know, what a, you know, fantastic year Japan has had, again, up over 24%. So, you know, investors could consider our Japan uh, ETF, ZJPN.F, which is our BMO Japan Index ETF, and those are the hedged units. That ETF is performing almost 25% for the year. So again, ETFs are known for giving those tools to deliver precise exposures. You know, and I think that's some ways that investors can think about broadening their portfolios using ETFs, you know, to get exposure to inter- international markets at very attractive price points. Great. Thanks, Chris. Not all cash equivalents are created equal, and BMO's Money Market and Ultra Short Term Bond ETFs offer several high quality options to park client cash. To learn more, visit BMOETFs.com and search for tickers ZMMK, ZST, and ZUS. We've seen some concerns over the US banks earlier this year. Now, mind you, those concerns have quieted down quite a bit. Um, Om, are those concerns over or is there more risk underneath the hood here that we need to be mindful of? Thanks, Mackenzie. So if we just take a step back and uh, look at what caused kind of the crisis. So if you go back to March 2023, we did see three regional banks uh, go under receivership. And this crisis was triggered by several factors, but I would say one of the major ones was the Federal Reserve's aggressive interest rate hikes, uh, you know, and that was to deal with rising inflation. And you know, while the crisis was relatively short-lived, it highlighted the risks of smaller banks in the face of economic turmoil. To mitigate the impact of this crisis, we did see the Federal Reserve conduct some stress tests a few weeks back to assess the resilience of you know, the broader financial markets in the U.S., uh, especially the larger banks. And the results of these tests showed that, you know, one, the large banks are well prepared to weather a severe economic downturn. And even if it's caused by kind of the same factors that triggered the regional banking crisis back in March. So that is a good news, you know, as it suggests that the larger banks are able to assist, uh, you know, these regional banks if, uh, you know, there are some turbulent times ahead. Another thing to you know keep in mind is we did see the federal government also step in uh, to provide liquidity and an increased oversight for these regional banks to help you know prevent uh, further uh, crisis from occurring due to higher interest rates or you know due to some regulatory concerns. Now, if we kind of just you know fast forward to this week, we have seen you know some of these banks release earnings. 
And, you know, the overall picture is quite positive with majority of the banks reporting earnings that have surpassed analyst expectations. And the strong performance can be attributed to a few factors. One is robust loan growth, you know, rising interest rates. And of course, you know, they have lower provisions for loan losses uh, in the U.S. Interest income played a significant role in driving these earnings growth as rising interest rates boosted the yield on banks' loan portfolios. So higher interest rate means higher revenue uh, for the loans that the banks give out to clients. Additionally, we also saw you know, uh, investment banking and trading deliver strong growth uh, for most banks. Without going into too much detail, but if we kind of you know, just look at some of the top ones like JP Morgan, uh, they beat earnings uh, uh, significantly. Um, Wells Fargo beat earnings. Bank of America you know, outperformed significantly uh, during this quarter. So overall, you know, the earnings results show that the U.S. banking system uh, is healthy uh, and, you know, it shows positive news for the broader economy. However, you know, that being said, it is crucial uh, to realize that there are still a lot of headwinds uh, in the equity market and a lot of headwinds um, uh, with recession potential uh, down the road. Uh, You know, so for clients who are looking to get exposure to U.S. banks, you know, they can do it through, you know, I would say two main ways. One would be through ZWK, which is the BMO covered call U.S. bank ETF. And this uh, ETF is ideal for clients who are looking for that um, upside participation in the uh, in the U.S. banking system, but also looking for income. And currently this ETF yields approximately 10 to 11 percent on an annualized basis. And for clients who are uh, willing to take on a bit more uh, higher beta or full beta exposure, a slightly higher risk uh, in this sector, ZBK, which is the BMO Equal Weight U.S. Bank ETF, is a great way to get that exposure. The dividend yield on this ETF is around 3 to 4%, and it's a great way for clients to get exposure to the U.S. Uh, banking sector uh, who are looking for upside potential uh, without uh, without the need for that monthly income. So a great way to get that exposure through the CTF as well. Awesome. Thanks, Om. Chris, we'll hit you with a quick follow-up. How does this follow through to Canadian banks? Maybe you can give us a quick update there. Quick update is, you know, how the U.S. banks fare is becoming, you know, over the years more and more important and more and more uh, impactful to how the Canadian banks perf- uh, perform. As we know, many Canadian banks and BMO just did the largest acquisition in Canadian banking history in buying Bank of the West, which is a U.S.-based bank with uh, services primarily in California. If you look at the average Canadian bank, and so think about ZEB, the BMO Equal Weight Banks Index ETF, you know, the six big banks, you know, on average, you're looking at about the Canadian banks being about a third of a U.S. bank. So, you know, as the U.S. banks go, that third of the Canadian banks is going to benefit accordingly. So certainly this strong uh, earnings cycle is is playing well into the Canadian banks and probably a reason why we are seeing ZEB uh, show some technical strength. You know, obviously, we've talked about Canadian banks quite a bit. Um, they still have that attractive dividend yield of about 4.9%. They're trading under 10 times forward price to earnings uh, measures. And if you look at analysts, they're expecting a, you know, a, a one-year upside target of on average 6%. So if you add a 5% dividend, you're getting up to 11% total return for a one-year. 
And, uh, and, and as mentioned, uh, it's broken through the 30-day moving average, the 200-day moving average. So to use a little bit of technical analysis, we're seeing a bit of fundamental strength here, which is good to see, and I think perhaps even overdue. We're seeing some positive things about the Canadian banks and, you know, continue to like them for, you know, all the reasons we've talked about before, diversified business lines, very well run, very well capitalized, well regulated by the Canadian regulators to, to make sure that they're well capitalized. And, uh, you know, we're seeing some positive price action. So that's always nice to see. But, you know, as always a great buy and hold, but the, the U.S. banking strength is, is playing well into the strength of the Canadian banks as well. Great. Thanks, Chris. Amid high interest rates and market volatility, consider BMO's top three ETFs yielding over 6%. The BMO Covered Call Utilities ETF, ticker ZWU, provides exposure to an equal weight portfolio of utilities, telecoms, and pipeline companies. The BMO Covered Call Canadian Banks ETF, ticker ZWB, invests solely in Canadian financials presenting an attractive valuation opportunity. And the BMO Canadian High Dividend Covered Call ETF, ticker ZWC, features solid historical dividend growth. To learn more, visit BMOETFs.com and search for tickers ZWU, ZWB, and ZWC. Oh, and we'll pass it back to you. NASDAQ index is up roughly 41% year-to-date, and that's pretty much driven through a strong growth rally. With earnings around the corner, is there further growth opportunity, and how can clients get exposure to this sector? Thanks, Mackenzie. Mega cap technology stocks, you know, 2022 was a very tough year for them, but roll in 2023 and, you know, they're once again leading the way uh, for U.S. equity markets. And, you know, I, w- I would say there's three main reasons um, why these companies have done well so far. Uh, one being AI or arti- artificial intelligence. And, you know, AI became kind of the main focus of 2023 with uh, chat GPT release. And, you know, we saw all these mega ca- uh, cap companies, you know, Alphabet, Meta, uh, Microsoft uh, race to invest heavily uh, in research and development of AI technology in a way to revolutionize their business. So this AI boom not only helped companies that are looking at creating their own platforms, but also benefits semiconductor companies as demand for high performance chips and processor increases. So that's why we saw companies like NVIDIA, AMD, and Intel also do well uh, in this AI kind of boom. Second, I would say was uh, on the kind of cybersecurity and cloud computing. computing. So within, within security, we saw an increased reliance on digital services by companies, governments, and individuals. And that's why kind of data privacy and cybersecurity became uh, of huge importance. So regulations around privacy protection of field investments in this subsector of the technology companies. Uh, and that's why we, we saw further, you know, kind of these uh, security companies uh, rise well with the mega cap uh, companies that are investing in the AI boom. And finally, I would say cloud computing. So cloud computing continued to be a fundamental pillar within the technology sector, offering scalable infrastructure, storage, and other capabilities. So those were kind of the three main pillars that helped rally these companies in the first half of uh, 2023. Going forward, I I would say, given the strong rally uh, we have seen, 
you know, this upcoming earnings season, which starts next week, should provide further clarity on the future growth prospects in terms of not just revenue, but also earnings from this uh, new technological boom of AI. So give you an example, last earnings season, you know, three months ago, we saw NVIDIA, uh, where they predicted very strong earnings growth, and that was mainly driven by AI. And because of AI, they, you know, they're able to sell higher amounts of their high performance chips at a higher price. This earnings seasons will provide a much better clarity on how these companies are able to monetize uh, uh, this new technological boom. So in terms of exposure for clients, you know, there are two ways clients can get this exposure. First, I would say clients who are comfortable with higher beta ETFs or, you know, higher beta to the market can invest in the ARC ETF, which is the BMO ARC Innovation Fund. This ETF provides exposure to companies, you know, that are developing cutting-edge transformative technology. For clients who are a bit more conservative and want to have an income tilt, can get the exposure through ZWT, which is the BMO Covered Call Technology ETF. This provides clients with upside participation, but at the same time provides a dividend yield of approximately 5%. So this is good for clients who want that monthly stable income, but also want to participate uh, uh, in the technology uh, sector. So the covered call overlay helps turn the volatility within the sector into additional income. Uh, And this ETF ZWT has returned uh, 48% approximately as of July 18th, again, outperforming the broad index uh, significantly. Uh, so I would say, you know, depending on the client's needs, uh, if uh, they can either invest within the ARC for a bit more aggressive uh, uh, upside participation or ZWT for much more, I would say, uh, for a more income-focused uh, exposure. Great. Thanks, Om. Last but not least, Chris, we'll pass it to you. Infrastructure, if we look at that measured by our BMO Global Infrastructure Index ETF, ticker ZGI, has traded sideways this year. Although when you look over time, uh, they've been quite beneficial to portfolios. So right now, uh, since inception, it's around 10.7% annualized return. um, And that was when it was launched in 2010, looking back. What's the opportunity with infrastructure and how does it fit into one's portfolio? As we say, we're going to do the barbell approach. We're going to go from, you know, AI and all the excitement of tech <laughs> to to copper wires and uh, energy pipelines. But you know what? Boring can fit in investments as well. And, you know, obviously tech is exciting and it deserves to be and it's a growth area. Uh, but boring can work quite well, and I think that kind of describes that GI. And you, you know, you mentioned the the track record of over ten percent return on a you know nearly thirteen year basis. Uh, that's pretty pretty darn good, I think. So you know, when you look at ZGI, you know, the things that I like about it. Um, is we know the demand profile is always uh, going to be there. Uh, you know, roads need to be paved. Electricity lines need to be put in. Uh, cell tower REITs. Uh, you know the growth of 5G is only expanding that demand for cell tower REITs. Uh, so there's demand. You know water infrastructure, everything. We know there's demand across the world, across the globe. Every country needs infrastructure. Infrastructure companies have also been historically a partial hedge against inflation. So in higher inflation environments, uh, some of these infrastructure companies have uh, revenue streams that are tied to inflation. So as inflation goes up, unfortunately, as we know, our bills go up. 
but uh, again, that can benefit some of these inflation uh, companies and and uh, you know be productive from an investment standpoint. A couple other things, you know, it's a great portfolio completion tool. Has a lower correlation to equities. So if you look at the correlation to the S and P 500 or the TSX on a two-year basis, it's around 0.6. Uh, so again, going back to that point on diversification, uh, lower correlation, more diversification, you know, 0.6 correlation means that you're getting something a little bit different with infrastructure equities. Uh, they're known to be defensive, and, and, and that's probably some of the reason why they've underperformed a little bit this year, where we've seen growth a little bit more in favor. But you know, one of the contingencies in the market is a possible economic slowdown later this year or into next year. Um, you know, in, infrastructure would likely fare well in such an environment. And, you know, the last thing that I think is is really productive is having capital inflows from governments, right? And that's going to happen on a couple directions. We know that, you know, when government does stimulus, infrastructure is often the target. You know, they'll want to build new highways, uh, build new bridges, stimulate the economy. The other aspect is clean energy. And so when we have net zero targets at 2050 and governments around the world are moving towards that, uh, they're putting billions of dollars into uh, infrastructure that can support it. So you always want to follow the dollars in investing. And there's certainly a lot of dollars going into infrastructure. So I think there's a lot of good things happen. It's it's not the most exciting, but you know can be really productive to investors' portfolios. Um, so it's one of those Ones that, you know, it's probably best thought of as a satellite investment around the core. Uh, but again, in that spirit of completing a portfolio with something a little bit different than your, you know, kind of call it your broad market indexes, I think infrastructure can be a good add to a portfolio. So ZGI, you know, again, it's it's one of our, uh, you know, one of our older ETFs going back to 2010, but, you know, it's, it's shown its benefits over time. Great. Thanks, Chris. Those are all the questions we have for this week. So I just want to thank everyone for listening in and a special thank you to both Chris and Ohm for providing some great insight. With that, I'll wish everyone a great day and we'll see you next week. Thank you to Mackenzie Box, Chris Heeks, and Ohm Karmalker for joining us on the BMO ETFs podcast. Today, we heard about the BMO Covered Call Technology ETF ticker ZWT, which provides exposure to the in-demand information technology sector while earning call option premiums. Our experts also discussed using infrastructure as a partial hedge against inflation. The BMO Global Infrastructure Index ETF, ticker ZGI, invests in pipelines, cell towers, and utility companies. For more information about the ETFs discussed in this podcast, check out the episode notes, contact your regional BMO ETF specialist, or visit the ETF Center at BMOETFs.com. That's BMOETFs.com. Views from the Desk has been brought to you by BMO Global Asset Management. The viewpoints expressed by the portfolio managers represent their assessment of the markets at the time of publication. Those views are subject to change without notice at any time without any kind of notice. The information contained herein is not and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice to any party. Investments should be evaluated relative to the individual's investment objectives, and professional advice should be obtained with respect to any circumstance. Any statement that necessarily depends on future events may be a forward-looking statement. Forward-looking statements are not guarantees of performance. Commissions, management fees, and expenses, if any, all may be associated with investments in exchange-traded funds. Please read the ETF facts or prospectus before investing. Exchange-traded funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. 
BMO Global Asset Management is a brand name under which BMO Asset Management Inc. and BMO Investments Inc. operate.